All right, another day in paradise. I am coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here at the Red in Las Vegas, Nevada. Under normal circumstances, I would I would go about this in a different way. I forgot to tell you the name of the show. It's for, it's for the win, and I am Eric Winaldo. I am William Wallace. Boy, I feel like him right now, which means somebody's going to string me up at the end of the month. But that's um, that's uh, yet to be seen. But today's topic if you will. Uh, we're not going to go into, we're, we're right in the middle of a somewhat of a break. Uh, some of the teams have gotten back after it. Bundesliga has restarted. Uh, the EPL taking a break because they've got the uh, the FA Cup. Aston Villa losing to the likes of Manchester United yesterday. Surprise, surprise! Ralph Reinick won nothing! Get used to that, Manchester. That's the way it's going to be. It's funny because the people on the inside, all they do is talk about how that's the way it's going to be and people are going to have a problem with it. But the topic today is about coaching and management. I'm on my way next week. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, website for the National uh, Coaching Convention, which will be in Kansas City this year. We're a week away from uh, the beginning of, of all that madness. I hope everything works out with uh, the COVID restrictions and just the fact that people are getting infected at such a high rate that um, we're all going to be able to stay healthy. It's, you think about it, you're, it's a huge convention. And there's going to be thousands of people there walking around with masks. I hope that they are monitoring everything. I am. I'm double vaxxed. So I, I'm in a position where I think that if there are rules about who gets in and who doesn't get in, I'll, I'll be allowed to, to get in. But I'm, I'm guessing in my speech, I am one of the presenters, that I'll be talking to a bunch of people with masks on. I'm, I'm assuming that'll be the case. But it is next week. Uh, my topic is going to surprise some people. And if you are on, you're going to make your way to the convention. I suggest you stop by and check out my presentation because it might surprise you. Uh, it's, it's something that has, has generated certain amount of curiosity and my motivations as a coach have changed a great deal because I have learned one thing over the course of the last decade is that the United States of America does not have a talent problem. We have a coaching problem. And in my presentation speech, if you will, I will be addressing that. Because I have my ideas. I, I, I think that what has happened in this country, as much as we continue to believe that we are progressing and things are getting so much better, I would actually argue that we're not. I think that things have gotten so complicated and that the, the idea of what it means to be a coach maybe at the youth levels or certainly at the professional levels. If you're at the professional level, you should be called a manager because it's really what it is. And I think it's just changed so much. When you look at you know, some of the hirings that are occurring and how they happen, it has most of our coaches out there who are trying to, to just get better, searching for information that somehow that they can duplicate or replicate something that somebody else has done and had success doing. What is that? Where's the innovation? Where, where are the, you know, the trendsetters? Look at what has impressed over the last couple of years. As it started with the Cruyffs of the world, who started total football, and then Pep Guardiola, who took it to a whole new level. And just, just the idea of possession play and or the transitional moments of the Jurgen Klopp's of the world that introduced what we're now calling Gegenpress, which is a, all that is is just proving that soccer is not a possession game. It's a turnover sport. And the teams that figure out how to, how to deal with the turnover are the ones that are having success. And then it went to a whole new level with the Ralph Reinicks of the world in Leipzig. We don't want older players in Leipzig. We just want a bunch of young kids who are going to run, 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 
and literally, in their words, create chaos. But that's another way of doing it. So you have all these ideas spinning around. But my problem with the United States is that we have more resources than virtually everybody. But we have continued to be the follower and not the leader. We have more kids playing the game than anybody. But we're duplicating and replicating what everybody else is doing everywhere else. And we're not addressing who we are. Here's the answer to that. The reason why we're not doing that is because we don't know who we are. And we don't understand how to tap into our own personality. We have thousands, we have, everybody complains about the same thing. We say, well, you know, that this country, we lack personality. We lack personality. Well, how the hell are our players to have, supposed to have personality when we have thousands of coaches out there or who are afraid of their own? And so my speech will be about addressing some of the ideas behind what it actually means to be a modern day coach. That doesn't mean you read a book. That doesn't mean you, you go out there and you, you learn. I mean, it's okay to learn, right? It's okay to expand your mind. You can read books about all different, in politics, for example, or different ways. You can read a book about communism, right? That doesn't mean you're a communist, but you, you can under, understanding all the mechanisms that need to exist for communism to be a thing if you're in politics or if you're if you are understanding government then it's okay you you should understand what that means to be a socialist or to be a communist or to to live in in a republic these are all smart things to do but that doesn't mean that you have to i'm going to go with that that's my that that's where we're going to go so we have all these these you know the personality problem we have coaches who are afraid to be vulnerable they're afraid to say to themselves, you know what, this is who we are and this is who we can be. Not, hey, I read this book and um, this is what we're going to do. I mean, we're in Vegas right now. How many, how many of you out there have played blackjack? Right? You play blackjack and you're at a table with four strangers and the dealer deals the cards. And then somebody in that moment where it's important to make a decisive Decision here. We got it. We got it. What am I going to do? Somebody will say out loud, but what does the book say? Oh, what are they teaching this place? What the hell is that? The book is never always right. It's about percentages, but that's the same as saying that, you know, we're going to let a computer run my soccer team because the computer data is telling me and the metrics behind this decision that this is what I need to do. When that happens, of course, you lose personality. Of course, you lose instincts. And these are things that are happening across our country right now. We have a bunch of coaches who are sucking the life and the personality out of our players. And at the same time, they were doing that. I have my thoughts on this, and this is, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. But at the same time, we tell everybody, we're developing players. It doesn't matter if we lose. The hell it doesn't. At a young age, yeah, I get it. You know, under 12, I guess. But they, I, I can tell you this, the kids know the score. There's this little thing called competing that's necessary. But so we can't marry ourselves to mediocrity throughout this incremental uh, developmental stage and then get to the final stage, fail, and blame anybody but ourselves. 
We have married ourselves to mediocrity and it's what you get. So my, my speech is going to dive in and it's going to be for the brave. It, it really is. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a know-it-all. I am somebody who loves this game so much that I just believe that the goal here should be to be a better soccer nation. So if that really is my mantra, then I want to share not the ideas that worked for me. That's what everybody else does. Everybody's going to show up to that convention and they're going to say, well, this is my system. Stick to the system and you'll never fail. God, I... That same guy probably sells cars on the weekend. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. So my, my, my goal is to challenge coaches to be a better version of themselves. Because we need to understand what is coaching. Because it, the, the realities are, you know, look, let, let's face it. If I wanted to get an MLS job tomorrow, and I really did, and I, and I, was, I was all in, I know exactly what I need to do to impress the people that don't know the difference. I need to just completely complicate this. I need to have a PowerPoint presentation that proves through the metrics, the modern metrics of football, that this is how you win. Like this is some computer-generated spit-out that's going to tell you how you're going to get results. Because the eye test is no longer good enough. And that's not because you don't know what you're doing, that, or that you don't trust your eyes. It's that they don't trust your eyes. They trust numbers, and numbers don't lie. People do. Let me say that again because it's important. Numbers don't lie. People do. And people that are doing the hiring don't want to be lied to, and they don't want to be disappointed. This is why most people, when they go into jobs like this, they lower the expectations as low as possible. But I can tell you this. A very smart guy a long time ago said, if you want to impress somebody, Complicate it. If you want to be successful, simplify it. I'm pausing because I'm hoping that some of you out there are screaming Einstein. Yes, Albert Einstein said that. He also said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, maybe you don't understand it well enough yourself. But we have decided to turn soccer into a, an industry driven by scientific data. Now, is it important? Absolutely. The fact that we have the ability to, to now gauge you know, whether that red line is really happening to the player in real time. Yeah, that's good. You don't want people to get hurt. You, you, it's amazing that we have devices now that can tell us in real time that a player right in front of you that you say, oh, he looks all right. He looks just a little tired. But we have the ability to say uh, his mineral intake and he's, he's about to, he's dehydrated and this car is about to blow up right in front of us. There is a guy upstairs with a computer saying, sending a message down on that headset. Um, we got a red line on number 14. That's good information. I get it. I get it. But it's, and it, this is the world we live in. But the PowerPoint wins, man. The PowerPoint is winning. And yeah, okay, the reality is if you have the ability and you're computer savvy and you can, you can put that thing together and, and, and have a couple of people going, hmm, that's a, that's a very impressive presentation. Yeah, okay, guess what? In the moment that really matters, 
when you're a coach who spent his life doing somebody else's plan in a real moment, in a, in a game where it, it is demanding adjustments. Do you have the ability to make a decision to change the game on the fly? I would argue that that is the difference. That is the next level. And that's where we're getting beat. Because we have a bunch of drones who have been convinced that in that moment, instead of saying, we got to make an adjustment here, we got to do this. And it's a little bit, you know, unconventional or it's, but it's, it's something that your team understands and you make that change and you win the game. But when you're in this developmental stage, results don't matter to you. Oh, we learned something today. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you learn. Ha ha. No, no. Don't get in that mindset. And it doesn't happen unless our coaches can start trusting their eyes and trusting their own ideas and becoming better versions of themselves. That's, that's kind of what my speech will be about. You're not a teacher, by the way, if you're a coach. This is the other biggest myth that, that exists out there. You're not a teacher. You are a facilitator of a game. The game is the greatest teacher. You facilitate the things that will bring out the best in your players. Having a methodology, having a philosophy, that, those are all very good things. They're good, as long as they're understood. But we can't complain about not having a personality when we've been afraid of it. And that's not fair. That's not fair to say, well, we developed this player and we're going to take credit for him. I'll, I'll, you pick, on the, pick on a player. We developed this player for the last 14 years and we sent him to Europe. Hurrah, we did it. We are a great developmental system. Kid hasn't played in two years over there. Why? Because you didn't prepare him or her. There's nothing worse, nothing worse as a player at the highest level feeling ill-prepared, feeling inadequate. Now, one of the things I, I, I learned, uh, I'll say it again, I know I've said it on previous podcasts, but it's important because it's conscious behaviors are what we really are studying. Unconscious and conscious behaviors. Competence and incompetence. And what that means is, in those four stages, if you are incompetent and unconscious, you are unaware that you are incompetent. You are unaware that you stink. Now, if, if you are conscious and incompetent, that's actually better because now you know you stink. So now you can make adjustments because you know that you are inadequate. And that's why that part actually works. But the reality is it's not about conscious competence. People think that conscious competence should be the best. No, that means you're thinking about what you're doing because you know you're good at it. That's the most dangerous component of sports. I'm thinking about how great I can be. And then guess what? That is where you do not use your instincts. You are not decisive. You end up overthinking it and you miss the moment. Now, are these behaviors and principles that can be taught? Maybe. The game teaches you these things. The coach facilitates the game. And the objective, to finish this thought, is that unconscious competence is the best place to be. Unconscious competence means that you are unaware of what you're about to do because you are acting on instinct. And 90% of the time, our players who do something great, and if you've done something great in the game or anything, Maybe it's basketball. Maybe it's a different sport. I don't know. If You know what a great thing is? 
is when your five-year-old accidentally knocks over a, a coffee cup. It spills the coffee and it's on its way to the floor and it's going to break into 50 pieces. But you catch it. Caught it. Before it hit the floor. That is unconscious competence. You had the skill set to do it. But you weren't thinking about it. You were in desperate measure. It's <laughs> like, oh God, get it. Those are the same moments that happen to you on a, on a, on a comp competitive field. If you've ever scored a great goal and you're running away and you're thinking, how the hell did I just do that? It's also called the zone. Your body, through all of the training, had the capacity to do something great and did because it wasn't thinking about it. So understanding conscious competence is important. We believe through all these PowerPoints and all of these ideas and, and, and you know, a thousand ideas running through your mind in a moment that matters is dangerous. Information is dangerous. So anyway, I'm going to be speaking about this. And I hope, I hope people show up. I hope people understand that there's a, not a different way or a better way. It's not about that. It's about your way. And understanding who you are before you expect players to be who they want to be. Because it's not about teaching skills, folks. It's not. It's not. Do you want a guy to have a bunch of skills? Or do you want him to have a skill set? A learned skill set is very different than a taught bag of skills. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that understand that. And this is not a test, okay? You're not going to be graded on this. It's a result-driven business. I understand that. And even at the younger ages, it's not. It's just, it's, it's the, the boys and girls are learning from the game. They're learning about themselves. You know, if I were to tell you, if I were to ask you, I'd pick, your, pick the top 10 favorite players you ever had, I guarantee that they're all very different. Very different. Even within one team. Let's take Man City, for example. Bernardo Silva. Does he play the game the same way as the Bruyne? No. It's very different. But they're so good at what they do. That is a personality. That is something to be celebrated. And this is where we miss the boat completely in the United States. Now, I understand. I mean, if you talk to the Federation, and I actually, I, I would say there's, there's so many people out there that want to criticize the Federation because they don't facilitate enough opportunities for coaches. So the instructors are, you know, they, it's hard to get in. It's expensive. And, and here's the, it just, just like when I was a, a coach looking for those players who had missed their opportunity, it's the same thing. I'm going to do that again. Instead of focusing on a player's uh, you know, uh, driven idea, I want to help coaches because I believe that if the coaching gets better, if the coaching has a better understanding of what their actual job is, we will get better because we're allowing these, these, these players to, to essentially become special, specialists, having a skill set. I mean, it's great. It's great. You can look on, the, you know, look on your phone right now and you need a handyman that can fix everything. Great. Bring him over. Some of that stuff's going to break again because he wasn't 
all the way there. But if you've got something wrong with your dishwasher, call a guy or a woman who's going to fix your dishwasher. Because he knows exactly, or she knows exactly, what they're doing. In soccer teams, you need different skill sets. The idea that you should play multiple positions, no, that's not, that's not a good idea. Look how quickly I said that. How many people are shaking their head right now? What are you? Well, well, don't you think it's good to be versatile? Yeah, okay, great. You want to be versatile? That's great. Again, I think that uh, once we have a better understanding of how we facilitate practice, how we address our methodology, our principles, our philosophies towards the game. Those ideas can be celebrated. I mean, think of it this way. The Federation will tell you this. I was trying to say this before, and I, I guess I got off topic there. But oh, our country's so big. It's too hard. It's too hard. Look how big the United States is. I mean, it's easy to be Belgium. It's easy to be Holland. Yeah, it is. It is. But we don't do a good job at all of celebrating the personality of that kid in Jersey. And understanding that he's very different than that uh, Cuban-American boy down in, in Florida. And then as the accent changes on its way to Texas, that that kid is going to be very different than the, hey, dude, California boy. They're different mentalities. They're different cultures. Now, the, the biggest scary component of that is we got to get all these guys on the same page. No, you don't. You just got to get them on the same field. And then you have to understand what their skill set is and then put together the puzzle. Ta-da, coaching. It's not that hard. Again, you want to impress somebody, complicate it. You want to be successful, simplify it. And I'm not talking to six-year-olds, so I think you get it. Either way, uh, I, I'm going to make my way out to Kansas City. There's other reasons to be there. There's just, it's a wonderful opportunity to network, see old friends. Actually, we're trying to get the 1990 team together. And we had a scheduled dinner that we had to cancel. Uh, that's certainly COVID related. I talked to an old friend, Brian Bliss, yesterday, who's still uh, a sporting director, I believe, over at Kansas City. And we were a little disappointed that we weren't going to be able to see each other over the break. I think he'll be in Phoenix or Arizona. Won't be able to come back. We're still hoping to see him because I was going to be in Kansas City, but Sporting will be making their way to Arizona for their preseason. So that stinks. But it is an opportunity to to really expand your mind. Um, I, I I think that with all the other speakers, I think Rafa Benitez is going to be speaking, which is which is great. Uh, it gives people an, an idea to you know an opportunity to see his ideas. But what you'll find in coaching, as, as, which would be my topic, is that we cannot, we cannot cheat ourselves out of ourselves. We have to address our job. If, if you want to look at it as a job, and you, it's, it's about getting the most out of your players and how do you do that? But on most occasions, and this would be my message, that we're not getting the most out of ourselves as coaches. And I've got some really good ideas and, and some in my presentation, <laughs> PowerPoint presentation, there it comes. And I'm fun with that. I, I put a lot of, um, 
funny little clips in there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. You know, I might even drop the, I'll take a flamethrower to this place from Al, Al Pacino said to the woman. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Just to get your attention, if I start to put you to sleep. I do like to, to, to utilize movies and some of the, you know, the messaging within that movies provide. Uh, and then just make that transition or make that uh, connect the dots to soccer. Because I, I, I do that with everything. I do that with life. But I think that'll be, uh, that'll be an interesting one. I, you know, I, I look at my, my last stint as a coach here in Las Vegas with the uh, Las Vegas Lights, still the winningest coach in the history of that uh, team, which is not saying much. But it really was for me when I, when I went into that leadership role. And when you're leading, when you're, when you're in a position where you, you know, what do we do? And everybody looks at you. That's not easy for everybody. And my challenge will be in those moments where you, you are in a leadership role or a coaching position and, and it's time to make a change or there needs, there's a need for a change. One, did you recognize that? Were you, did you have the capacity to do that? On most occasions, people are so stuck in their system that they said, stick to the plan. The plan's going to work. Sometimes you got to change the plan. But in those leadership roles, it's, that's not easy. And I remember, I remember in, in my time with the lights, I took on way too many projects because I was in that mindset. Um, and I've changed the way I, I, a great deal. It's not my responsibility to save that other person's career or their life. The, the, the reality of the job is you select players who are going to find solutions to win games for you or you will get fired. And that's not the reason why I was let go, but what happened in my, you know, with the lights was I took on a bunch of guys that I felt they just needed a second chance and they could do it. At times they could, but there were reasons why. They had vices. They were flawed human beings on most occasions. The reality of that job is that when you are in a leadership role, you have to make very good decisions. And sometimes you, you don't look the other way of other people's shortcomings, but you, you certainly have a better understanding of why they are the way they are. And you try to change them. And sometimes it's too late. I mean, I, I, one of the hardest things I've ever had to say to a player, which um, was very difficult, was at the end of the season, it was time to alert the guys of whether you're going to take their option or not. And the option would trigger more money. And I had the player in my office and he said, are you going to take my option? And I said, no. And his response was, well, you don't love me anymore. And I said, I love you. I'll always love you. I just don't respect you anymore. That's hard. It's a hard thing to say. And that's a hard thing to digest when you're on the other side of that conversation, but it's real. I was no longer willing to put up with all that crap just to get a couple of moments out of the player that might possibly make a game better. And this is probably, you know, the, the beginning of the genesis of me understanding that, that these players who have been We've either lost personality or have been coached into the idea that, you know, nutmegging a guy hitting the post is better than scoring a crappy goal. It's not. It's not. It's about execution. It's about delivering. And at the professional level, you just don't have time for it. The respect comment was because this person let him let, let himself down. And I told him that from the beginning. I said, I, I, we can't get in a situation where you're going to let yourself down 
or let this team down and then I got to fire you. It's not about letting me down as the coach. It's, it's not about me. It's about the team and it's about yourself. If you do that, I will fire you. And that's ultimately what happened. Now, I mean, when you go, when I go about this speech uh, in Kansas City, I mean, I'm not trying to find remedies. I'm just trying to help people understand that it's okay to trust themselves. It's okay to be, to exude a personality. Because ultimately, you can't expect players to have personality if you're afraid of your own. Even if it's awkward. Even if it's an awkward moment where you can't even get your point across. It still is an element of vulnerability which forms the connections necessary. Now, if, you, if, you're, a, if you're a bumbling idiot and you, you keep saying stuff that, that makes no sense, then you're, you're going to lose them. Yeah, that's different. But don't be afraid to converse with players. Don't talk to, you know, at them, talk to them. Listen to them. Listen to the, 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 what their thought process is. Not to change it, just to understand it. Do that and you'll be a better coach. I was once quoted as saying, uh, I don't just water the grass, I water the dirt because I want to see what's underneath there. And I'm not afraid of dandelions. Because if you water the dirt, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get a weed. Right? And that, that dandelion's going to pop out of there. And you're going to go, oh my God, what is that? Because you're an adult and you see a weed. Ask a child what he sees or she sees. They see a flower. Because they don't know the difference. They'll say, oh, look at that flower. It's pretty. And the adult will say, we need to pull that thing out of the ground and kill it. Where's my weed killer? Apply that to life. Because not all weeds are bad. Just a part of nature. All right, that's it for today. Uh, I am, um, I got a busy, I got a, I got a bunch of stuff on my schedule. Uh, my kids have just gone back to school, uh, meaning they change schools. So there's always that awkward moment where they, you know, they, they get introduced to a new classroom. Uh, so we're up in Summerlin, unbelievable teacher yesterday, unbelievable teacher. And, and, and it really had me thinking because of the way that she is and the way that she, she addresses, uh, uh, life and her classroom. And one of her big things is fill your bucket. It's about filling your bucket full of good and good things. And I think that's neat. I mean, my, my child's five years old. So this is, you know, but you know what out there world, go fill your bucket today. Go find a reason to smile. Go find a reason to make somebody else smile. It's really the way you should be living your life anyway. So continue to be good humans out there and we'll hear you next time.